0: And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me on the phone line today is Dr. Ed Cathy. He is pastor of Grace and Peace Presbyterian Church in California, Maryland. Pastor Ed, it's great to have you with us today.
1: Well, it's my pleasure to be with you today, Dan.
0: Before we opened the mic, we were talking a little bit, sharing back and forth what we wanted to talk about today, Pastor Ed, and... um, I want to open our discussion, it's really about how do we know and knowing, how do we know God, that sort of thing. I want to open our discussion with a thought experiment, and then you can take it from there, Pastor Ed. Um, Suppose someone is not a believer, and they've been struggling, um, maybe even making fun of the Christian faith, and they say, well, I'm going to figure this all out on my own. Um, I'm going to bring, suppose we bring Christ to our own judgment bar, as it were, and and figure out if he exists, uh, if he can be trusted, kind of like evidentially, you might say, uh, judging whether Christ is true, uh, whether he can be believed. And uh, the problem with that is that we, in essence, raise ourselves to be above God so that we can then judge him and his word, and then somehow believingly embrace Him. And there's a fundamental problem with that approach because it, it seems that um, doing it that way almost requires us to be on an equal footing with God or maybe even temporarily above God in order to form an opinion of Him. And so the, the, it seems that the approach is flawed because it denies the uh, the greatness, the holiness, the uniqueness uh, of God. And uh, if we... If we really do place ourselves above him in any way, even for an instant, it seems that we've denied the God of the Bible, and we've placed ourselves almost in an impossible situation. And this relates to how we know. And so, Pastor Ed, with that flawed introduction, (laughs) maybe you can get us started today talking about Uh, The whole topic of of knowing, that's spelled K-N-O-W-I-N-G, knowing.
1: Yes, Dan. Um, What you have articulated already is really uh, Satan's uh, lie that man can be as God. That was the lie that was uh, perpetrated in the garden, and that man can be his own ultimate authority and do that successfully. So man will be the measure of all things, he'll be able to judge all things, and he doesn't need God in order to do that. That is the problem, and uh, so we don't want to fall into that trap, or in our discussions with unbelievers, begin with telling them that they're able to judge all things, and that therefore uh, they can come to the right conclusions if they'll only use logic and so forth. That's simply not workable. In fact, a famous um, professor at Westminster Seminary in Philadelphia, Cornelius Van Til, said something like this. I'm not sure if I have the quote exactly correctly, but he says, uh, autonomous man has to climb up into God's lap in order to slap him in the face. Mm. So, the slapping in the face is the idea of judging God. uh, Autonomous man... Has to actually get in god 's space, so to speak, in order to begin to even talk about things
0: uh, It seems like part of the problem is that as as unregenerate man there there's really nothing in the world that's like god um, there's this um, great gulf, if you will, or a creator creature distinction, maybe it's called, between the infinite. Triune God of the Bible, who's very unique and um, common everyday man.
1: Indeed, there is, and uh, I think I would like to, you know, open this discussion up um, by referring to Colossians uh, chapter three, verses five through ten, uh, because the Apostle Paul there helps us contrast a certain kind of knowledge. And another certain kind of knowledge. Uh, one is a fallen knowledge, and the other is a is a knowledge that takes God into fully into account. And uh, let me just read that. Is that okay?
0: Oh, by all means.
1: Sure. Um, Paul says in verse five of Colossians three, "Put to death, therefore, whatever is earthly in you." Then he lists these things: sexual immorality which is being renewed in knowledge. And I want to stop there. Uh, Knowledge here has a particular meaning. Uh, I'll go on. Which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. And the word knowledge there is the Greek word epignosis, which has the idea of being constantly renewed that is, constantly renewed after the image of its creator. Uh, When we seek this sort of knowledge, we're seeking it in the light of the creator. We're we're thinking God's thoughts after him. Um, Robinson's lexicon says that this is described as full knowledge. Thayer's lexicon says precise and full knowledge. And then Vine says that this is generally suggesting a more special recognition of the object known. So it's a very special kind of knowledge that's being referred to here, not just knowledge in in general. And by way of contrast, uh, gnosis, just G-N-O-S-I-S, as opposed to epinosis, which is in the, the verse of Scripture that we just read, gnosis is knowledge in the abstract not knowledge in relation to any object known. Now, the unbeliever seeks gnosis. He seeks gnosis, not epi He seeks knowledge in the abstract, not knowledge in relation to the object known. This is, again, where we started before with Adam and Eve. They attempted in the garden to have gnosis. That is, by eating the forbidden fruit, they fled from knowledge of God and they wanted to have knowledge without God. One of the uh, authors that I've been reading, uh, R.J. Rushdooney, says that gnosis, that is the abstract knowledge, is the attempt to interpret all things without reference to God. God is abstracted or removed from reality. And things are interpreted not in terms of God, but in terms of themselves. And what you get when you do that is, whether it's a man or a plant or an animal, you get something that doesn't work. Because every atom of every particular thing in all of creation is a creation of God. And it's only knowable in relation to God. And I could try to illustrate that a little bit um, by saying something like this. Every particular thing needs a reference point in order to be understood. Uh, Dan, if I, were to, if I were to show you a spherical object that had no reference at all, just somehow I could have you appear to see this spherical object, it might be an atom, and you might be viewing it through an atomic microscope, or it might be a child's marble that came out of a toy box, or it might be another planet in our galaxy. There's no way to know without reference points. And so we see that God has to be the reference for everything in all creation in order for it to be understood. In fact, uh, Paul said in in the Areopagus, uh, as it's recorded in Acts chapter 17, in Him, we live and move and have our being. So God is the reference for everything. We move and live and have our being in reference to Him. Without without beginning with God, there's just no way to make any sense of anything.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Today we're talking with Dr. Ed Cathy. He's pastor of Grace and Peace Presbyterian Church in California, Maryland and we're talking about how we know and what is the what is the real basis for all of knowledge and um ed i hope i don't throw a a monkey wrench in things by asking this particular next question um uh, no no question uh, that um the christian is able to point out to our non-christian friends that if the world were not what the scripture says it is Um, If the natural man's knowledge were not actually rooted in creation and providence of God, then there could be no knowledge whatsoever. I I, I guess the question, if I may play devil's advocate, is this. How is it that unbelievers are able to make sense out of life such that they uh, create incredible inventions? Uh, They know a lot more than I do. And I I think the uh, answer—I may be jumping the gun here— but I think the answer is that unknowingly, or, or without wanting to admit it, they in essence borrow from a Christian worldview in order to make sense out of life, kind of like that child sitting on his father's lap, and from that position, able to reach his father and slap his father in the face.
1: Yes, that is, that is actually um, very clearly the case. Uh, man values logic— But apart from God, what is logic? How can you have any sense of any logical deductions or logical conclusions at all? Logic doesn't work in an illogical universe, and the universe is only logical because it has a logical God who is the Creator. Man values science, but apart from God, there is no adequate basis for any real order or design in the universe or any assurance. Uh, that what man thinks he senses or sees is actually there. And sometimes people value ethics, um, but apart from God, morals can change any time. They're just conventions. So we have that kind of problem today. We talk about human rights, that we value human personhood, but apart from God, man is just a higher animal or a machine. And uh, personal existence is a temporary evolutionary fluke. So these things just don't work uh, without reference to God.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's, it's really hard to make an analogy. I was trying to think before our call, Pastor Ed, um, maybe a possible analogy to the situation we find with God being um, infinitely holy— and infinitely unique, etc., um, Maybe a poor, a very weak analogy, may be that of um, um, this so-called uncertainty principle, Heisenberg's, um, that the more precisely the position of some particle is determined, the less precisely its momentum can be known, and vice versa. But it seems in the question of God, we need to know with complete accuracy, as it were, both the position, and momentum, um, which on our terms is impossible. So it's really hard to even make an analogy for us to, to grasp what, what you're saying here about knowledge, the very, very first cause, and all of knowledge is really built upon God himself.
1: Well, there is actually um, an analogy that comes from Scripture that might help us here, Dan, uh, Psalm 36, verse 9, uh, the psalmist says, In your light do we see light. And what I think he's getting at there is, well, an, an inconsistently thinking unbeliever, you mentioned that a moment ago, an inconsistently thinking unbeliever operates in the world borrowing capital from, from God's creation. But this inconsistently thinking unbeliever imagines that he can see things without reference to a light source, using the analogy of sight and light. He imagines that he can see things without the sun. He, in fact, abstracts the light source from the fact that light is bouncing off of the object in his view and is thus being perceived by him. So this would only be possible... For the unbeliever, if he himself were the light source, he is putting out the light and the light is bouncing off of objects and bouncing back to him. But he's not the light source, he is merely a receiver of the light because he is a creature. So, in God's light, God is the author of light in this analogy. Do we see light? Light only comes into us as it has come from God and allows us to observe the world, to make sense of things, and then we perceive that sense. But man without God is attempting to make sense of the world that he sees while denying the light source at the very same time. So it just really is irrational in the end here.
2: hmm
0: What about um, people asserting that they are free, that... Um the facts are just raw facts, and they're totally free. Um, they have um, they have ability. Um, how, how do you deal with that? Um, there's a certain pride, I suppose, there. But is, is it um, is man really free?
1: Well, that is a very um, important question. And man is only free as a creature of God. He's only free. Our one of our Children's catechisms uh, says that, uh, can God do all things? And the answer is, God can do all His holy will. So God is free to do all of His holy will. God is not free to do evil. Mm-hmm. God is not free to lie. So what is freedom? Freedom is, is the ability to live in God's world and to acknowledge God and to live according to what God has revealed. Philosophically speaking, uh, man is, has to be determined by something, and either that something is pure chance, meaninglessness, um, impersonal, or it is the person of the triune God who created us and orders the world. So, man isn't free. He's either the subject of impersonal chance... Or he's the subject of God.
0: Hmm. Seems like the ultimate um, push in believing on Christ must be more than just my uh, human ability to figure things out. There's a there's a really a miraculous element to believing faith, isn't there?
1: Yes, we we really have to come to a place where we humble ourselves and recognize that we are sinners, and we know it deep down inside. We all know that we live in God's world, that we're not autonomous, that there are right and wrong, true and false, good and evil, and that we have done the evil, and that we have sinned against a holy God. We may wish it were not true. We may seek ways around it to try to deny it, but it it is the... Um, the water in which we swim as a fish, so to speak. Uh, This is the world that God made and we are sinners in it. And so, we can either deny it and seek to be autonomous, self-ruled, self-willed, go our own way, or we can acknowledge the reality and turn to the solution which is only presented in the Christian faith. All other theistic forms, all other ideas uh, lack the solution that is provided in the Christian faith.
0: I was uh, just looking down at a a note I had taken, Pastor Ed, from uh, Van Till. You spoke of him earlier, and he he had this comment. He said, the natural man is under the self-imposed delusion that he is free that is independent of the control and counsel of God and that the, quote, facts, unquote, about him are also free in this way. He may pretend to be open-minded, wrote Van Till, and ready to consider whether God exists, but in being so, quote, neutral, he commits the same sin as Adam and Eve. I thought that was an interesting comment.
1: Yes, that, that really goes back to the idea of seeking to know apart from God. Seeking light without a light source. He is committing the same sin that Adam and Eve were tempted to commit in the garden. And that's why God sent the seed of the woman that was promised in the garden to be the redeemer of man, to return man to the garden, to return him to the knowledge of God. And that's What Paul was referring to in that opening statement from Colossians 3, uh, that we need to stop all of the autonomy, uh, all of the thinking that we can make up the world on our own terms and interpret the world on our own terms, and then live on our own terms, and he lists all those things, um, and they're not good things, Um, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk, All kinds of immorality, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry, all those things are the result of this autonomy being cut off from God and trying to make up your own rules as you go. And uh, instead of that, we're to seek to be renewed in the knowledge, or it's epinosis, after the image of our Creator, and so that's just the, the, the wonderful solution to the problem that we're talking about here today.
0: Yeah, indeed. Well, I I see we're almost out of time for our discussion today, Pastor Ed. Um, Maybe just a a minute wrap-up thought. But uh, I love love what you've said and what you've shared with us today that, as the uh, psalmist points out, in your light do we see light. I think that is so very helpful that Without the light of Christ, without the light of the triune God of the Scriptures, I suppose I could say, uh, it's really hard to see truth. In fact, it's bottom line, it's really impossible to see truth. And um, maybe just a wrap-up thought before we close today.
1: Well, I can't do better than to uh, maybe quote just a little bit more of that verse that you just referred to, Dan. Uh, Psalm 36, 7 through 9. Because there you see the beauty, the integrity, the glory of living in the knowledge of God. Let me just read it. How precious is your steadfast love, O God! The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights, for with you is the fountain of life in your light. Do we see
0: light? Hmm. Well, praise the Lord for that. Pastor Ed, thank you so much for uh, taking time from your busy schedule and sharing with our listeners today. We've been talking about knowing, uh, and in particular, knowing God. And by knowing God, we get to know ourselves and we get to know better this world that God has created. Perhaps you have a question for Pastor Ed and uh, I'd be glad to forward your question to him. Our email address here at the station is ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. Perhaps you'd like to meet Pastor Ed Cathy in person, and Ed, maybe you could share with the folks where your church is located.
1: Well, we are located in the center of St. Mary's County, Maryland. Uh, We're about quarter of a mile north of Route 4, which is also called St. Andrew's Church Road. And we're on that stretch of Route 4 about halfway between the intersection of Route 235 and Route 5, or the intersection of California and Leonardtown. So, uh, we're about halfway across the, the county there. And about... A quarter mile north on a little road called Benswood Road. And you should see our sign on Route 4.
0: Okay. Very good. And if someone wants to visit your church, what, what time is your service?
1: Our morning worship service is at 10 in the morning. And we have um, a family style Sunday school following a fellowship period, which follows worship. Okay. Worship, and then fellowship, and then a family style Sunday school.
0: Ah, beautiful. Well, thank you so much, uh, Pastor Ed Cathy, for joining us today for A Plain Answer. And to our listener, a quick reminder that this entire episode is up on our website as a podcast. If you'd like to go back and review it, uh, we can be found at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Thanks for joining us today, and a reminder to join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.
2: take you in, everything changes, a miracle starts with the beat of a heart, and this love will never let you go, there is nothing that could ever cause this love. It takes you in for oh.